It has been a while. It's been a long time, but Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth is back. Jason Bristol, Jeremy Booth. Jeremy Booth is actually in Texas after spending, what, the last three months in Louisiana? It sure felt like that. It was in, uh, it was in Lake Charles, Louisiana for six straight weeks. You know, it felt like uh, a long time, man, just the other side of the border. You know, it's close enough to get home, but never really got home. Um, but uh, a lot of fun, you know, I had a good time with the Future Star Series and, and, and the city was great. Tourism Bureau was great. And, you know, we're going to be there for the foreseeable future. So, um, yeah, man, it was, a lot of, it was a lot of fun, but man, it took a while. I know you love doing what we're doing right now, but to see you interact with these young players and to give them the ins and outs of the game, do you still, does it still get your juices flowing when, when you're out there and working with these, with these young players? Uh, you know, the, the answer to that is yes. Okay. Uh, come on a little more enthusiastic. Come on. The, the answer to that is yes. I think what, where I'm at now is, is we have so many good people that want to give back and want to help, um, that facilitating that is where, uh, where I'm, I'm getting the most enjoyment. It's not so much my hands on because look, I interject and I'll say something and, but you know, what really is a lot of fun is when our scouts go out and they get to write a report on a player they like, and I get to hear in their voice and their scouting director gets to hear about it. And I, and when our, our player development director, James Lawson, or he's actually our field coordinator, um, you know, has Ken Harvey or Steve Randolph or Jose Silva or some of these guys that have been involved for a long time. Um, you know, they give back and they can really center a player or you have travel programs who, who have been fully invested here with, with trusting us with assisting their development and their exposure. So, you know, what gets me um, excited is the platform itself, watching that come all the way through the underclass, the national, um, of course, the, the big event in Fenway, which um, thankfully goes back to Fenway again this year. Thank you to the Red Sox and, and Major League Baseball for allowing that to happen. Um, you know, but it's, uh, Watching the the matriculation of it, watching the, the players get so much out of it, um, it, is really where I draw my enjoyment. Yeah. On to Major League Baseball, biggest surprise thus far for me. I keep going back and forth. I keep going back back and forth between the Orioles in the middle of the pack in the American yeah. League East and the Padres, and to a lesser extent the Astros and how poorly they started. Man, the Padres, they're going to be really good in a few years. Uh, what would be your biggest surprise? Well, I think the Orioles doing anything is a surprise, you know, and, and I think that's part of it because of where they are in their overall organizational rebuild. Um, but it is a 60-game season, right? It is a 60-game season, so you can start out well and get yourself in the playoffs. Um, I think the bigger surprise for me has been more individual players as opposed to a team because it's such a short season. You know, if you're looking at uh, – the Padres, as you brought up, um, they've developed a, or, you know, drafted a, a very good core, signed a very good core of players internationally. They made some good trades. I mean, they've, they've done a good job internally with getting the pieces there. Now, whether or not that continues to carry forward is something to be seen. But the pieces are there. You know, Fernando Tatis Jr. is somebody that's fresh in everybody's mind right now. Um, I mean, he can play baseball. Just play it simple. He can play baseball. He's a good player. Um, Josh Naylor. You can play baseball. I mean, there's some guys that are good players that a 60-game season isn't necessarily a snap, a, a long-term view of what they can do, but it's a glimpse, whether it's positive or negative, right? So um, the pieces are there in San Diego. Uh, you know, for me, and I'm not just saying this because he's the he's an Astro, um, but one of the biggest surprises of the year is just how Jose Altuve has struggled. 
it's it's not been great. And he's, been, he's now like the Chris Davis of the American League West. Yes, uh, <laughs> it's it's not it's not been maybe great. not that bad. Well, I know well, but for him, right? Comparatively, you know, it, it is. It's, it's not that it hasn't been something that's been fun to watch. Um, at times, their their club has been difficult to watch as a whole. Um, but man. I look at Jose Altuve and the quality of at-bats that he's having, right? It's not so much the hits. It's not the home runs. It's the quality of at-bats. They're just not giving a whole lot of hope for a better, you know, a better turnaround to come. We don't have a lot of time here. You know, we're August uh, 20th, right? There's another five weeks left in the season. Like, we just don't have a lot of time. So they're going to have to um, – he's going to have to find a way to center himself mentally and get back to it or the, to make that team go. That's still his team. The Astros are still his team. He's got to make them go. You know, outside of that, you know, the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Rays, and basically you can point a finger at anybody, and unless they're either really, really bad or really, really good, they're all kind of in that bracket somewhere where 60 games, you don't know what's going to happen. So what has been Altuve's problem from, I guess, a video analysis from what you've been able to, been able to see? Because to me, it just seems like he is just not comfortable in the box, and he's swinging at a lot of marginal to bad pitches. I don't um, – I think that's being kind, frankly. I mean, I think you're being nice with what you just said. I, I Comfortable in the box, man, I I don't know if I've seen anybody this uncomfortable in a long time, like in, in any at bat. He, he seems to be uh, think overthinking. He's guess hitting. Uh, you know, he's swinging. He's chasing pitches in, in bad counts. He's taking fastballs in, in, in counts where he should be hitting them. Um, he's – He's coming out of everything we've seen Jose Altuve to be for the last few years. The, the problem for Jose Altuve is that if he doesn't perform based off what happened last year's postseason with the buzzer allegation, people are just going to say it's because they didn't know it's coming, right? And they're going to take away from all that he's done as a hitter and all the ingredients that he has to be a good big league hitter um, rather than realize that he's going through a tough spot. I think Jose Altuve is the type of guy – and if we, if we believe all the reports from behind, he was one of those guys that didn't want any of this information. He didn't want the code breaker. He didn't want to know what's coming. He just want to play baseball. I think he's taking this stuff personally. I think he wants to help his club win the best he can. And I, and I think that he's frustrated he can't, so he's pressing. I mean, plain and simple, he's just uncomfortable. And he's pressing constantly to carry this club to win because the Astros, Jason, and we talked about this separately, but the Astros have been given a gift this year. There's no fans. It's a short season. Um, you know, re- relatively speaking for what they have to go through. I'm sure they don't want it this way. I mean, they'd want to have fans in the stands and play the whole year and for us not to be in a pandemic, but the players have been given a relative presence. That's it. They just have to deal with the other side. They don't have to deal with fans all over the place. They're, they're living in a, a best of a bubble as they can. So um, he's got a lot on his shoulders and, and the bats are indicative of that. The way he's playing the game is indicative of somebody who just isn't comfortable in his own skin right now. I don't know if this is a fearless prediction, but I'm actually thinking Dusty Baker should be in line for manager of the year when you consider all the injuries. And it seems like it's not just injuries, but it's just one thing after another, whether it's guys getting hurt or players being thrown at earlier in the year, guys charging your dugout because you've got a coach in your in your <laughs> dugout mouthing off. And he's been able to steer this ship so that they become one of the best, excuse me, one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. 
Yeah, he, he's, he came into an impossible situation any way you cut it, right? I mean, it's just impossible. He steps in, you know, and at first he's going to do this just for the year, and we'll see what happens in 21. He's going to do it for the year because he's a veteran guy at the right time. Um, walks into spring training. He's got the entire planet, quite literally the entire planet, against these guys for what they had done. And he finds a way to gain the trust. He finds a way to step forward. He finds a way to rally behind players that – frankly, outside of being just his players today, he has no reason to support, right? He finds a way to bring that clubhouse together, navigate him through it, and then the pandemic hits. And now he's got to go ahead and have a couple of months with no baseball and, and monitor his players and lean on his coaching staff. And then he hits the field and they've got bullseyes on their back. I believe it was Josh Reddick that said that. They got bullseyes on their back, um, on their backs. And, and, you know, what you need a veteran guy to walk you through that. Um, if we're looking at Jace Tingler, for example, with the Padres and how he handled Fernando Tatis's 3-0 home run versus Dusty Baker, who's able to navigate one of the, the most toxic situations in baseball history with the Houston Astros of 2021 coming off what we found, off in, found out in the offseason. Um, it's night and day to, to see what a, manager, a good manager and a veteran manager can do, and, and he absolutely deserves consideration for that, purely off making sure this team is focused enough to play baseball. I don't think he's really surprised anyone because Dusty is just who Dusty is, but I think he has the right temperament. I mean, he's the guy who's seen everything in this game. And again, when you've got your best pitcher going down, you've got your best hitter going down, and then he comes back in Alvarez, one of the best hitters. And then you've got arguably two of your best players, Springer and Altuve off to cold starts. And then you got Bregman getting hurt. And the kid that everybody thinks is going to be a star is hitting 220, excuse me, below 200, Kyle Tucker. And the fact that this team is now a couple of games out of first place in the West, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal job. I, I'm surprised, and I've known, you know, he's, he's a guy that should be managing for a long time. I'm surprised that anybody's been able to pull this together to at least keep them in contention, 60 games or 600 games. I mean, this is a, this is a bad – situation to walk into for anybody he's made the most of it you know what hats off to James Click too for what he's been able to do um stepping into something that a lot of people wouldn't touch nothing I want nothing to do with this situation I don't want to work in that environment I want to be around these guys I want to be with this front office James Click stepped up and came in and and, and Dusty came in and they've done the right things to steady the organization which the organization needed that they needed that type of guidance um um solidification. I mean, it, it needed, it needed its uh, foundation to kind of be, be uh, corrected. And they did that. I don't know how we stumbled upon this, but some guy on Twitter, and I'm not trying to hammer anybody. I'm just saying, My job. It was, it, it, that's your job. Uh, at Mason McCray, who apparently is a prep baseball report. Is that what he is? <laughs> Mason's, um, Mason, I don't know personally, like most of the people on Twitter and the internet. Prep Baseball Report Virginia. Yeah. Came out uh, with his best scouting departments in baseball. Can I run them down? By all means. At number 10, the Blue Jays. At number 9, the Rays. At number 8, the Cubs. At number 7, the Mariners. At number 6, the A's. At number 5, the Padres. At number 4, the Cardinals. At number 3, the Dodgers. At number 2, the Astros. At number 1, the Indians. Okay, Jeremy, go. <laughs> um, there's a lot of different departments that should have made that list. I'm not going to be in the business of disparaging 
certain departments unless there's glaring holes in, in what people have said. And I'm going to go on, out on a limb and say post-2020 draft, we don't know what Houston Astros are going to look like, right? Up to that point, we know what they're going to look like. They're 29th, I think, ranked by Baseball America in the system. Um, a certain baseball analyst you know predicted that a couple of years ago. Um, got a lot of a lot of hate mail over that, you know, hate tweets and hate mail. And but the reality is, you know, if you're empty, yeah, empty. That's, that's the word. And empty system. And I'm gonna say that they're empty. Um, they probably should be ranked 36th out of 30 major league teams. Okay. Scouting department as it stands today, look, are there bright spots? Absolutely. There's a couple of good scouts they have. They're just they're good scouts, right? Um, but the scouting department they have today is an unmitigated mess, period. And, and whether it's Chris Gross, whether it's the – it's an unmitigated mess. Now, James Click came from an organization that does things with a healthy blend of analytics and deeper insights with technology and a healthy blend of traditional scouting, and they find a way to meet in the middle – and they're one of the best organizations, hands down, in baseball. And I believe they were Baseball America's organization of the decade. I believe that's what they were. Okay? And they are ninth on the list. They're ninth on the list. No. Tells you the guy's not all that in touch. And my question to Mason McCray was, the Astros are on this list. How? How? They're, they're just the – departments when you fired or let go a huge chunk of scouts. But I think his answer was, and I'm paraphrasing here, well, they got some good cameras. I think that's kind of what he said. Okay, and that's not the answer. That's not a good scouting department. It might be a good video department, man. You know, we might have the best edutronics in the game. Like maybe we got like a step up on the on the Blue Jays edutronics. You know what I mean? And maybe that's what we're talking about. But they're not the best scouting department in baseball. As a matter of fact, they're one of the worst, and they've proven that consistently. Now that's pre twenty twenty draft, right? James Click is going to come in. He's going to remake it a little bit, and they're, they're going to be on a much better path going forward. I'm very comfortable saying that. And some of the people are going to watch us. Are going to wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jeremy said something good about the Astros scouting department? Yeah, I am, but it's after the draft this year when he gets a chance to redo it. It's not before. Um, those guys all need to be cleaned out, not, well, other than the bright spots that they have and started over. And that, uh, that top 10 list doesn't belong in seeing the light of day. How's that? Where are the Yankees? I mean, yes, I know the Yankees have gobs of money, but still. Um, are the A's on that list? Yeah, they're at uh, num number six. What about the Braves? <laughs> yeah, the Braves. Braves aren't on there. Yeah. Mets on there? Mets did a pretty good job. Nope, they're not on there, right? It's a volume business in many how ways, about, but still. How about, how about the Twins? Swing and miss. Right? How about the Angels? They've rebuilt an entire system since Jerry Depoto went to Seattle. How about that? Whiff. Okay? That's four clubs right there without even trying. How about the Red Sox? Red Sox won World Series championships with largely the same scouting department in place. Not a mention. Right? 0 for 5. Okay? The Rays should be at least in the top three. At least in the top three. Ninth is a disgrace. Ninth is a disgrace, you know, but look, the problem with Mason's look, let's give Mason a, a mulligan, young guy, college student, um, doesn't get to go to a lot of games on TV, doesn't, or doesn't get to go to a lot of games in person, regardless of 2020's COVID situation. And I'm not trying to hammer anybody. I'm just saying it was quite shocking, but hey, that's what Twitter gives us, right? Well, like, that's why you got me though, too. 
right? Because I can't do that. And so, you know, you know, but no, look, he's got a, he, let's give Mason a, a do-over when he really figures it out. And, um, you know, he did, look, he did the same thing with player development and organizations of, I just, it was the Shaq gif. I think it's threw the Shaq gif up where you're staring at the screen and go, and you get up and walk away. Like, I just, it's like, come on, man. You know, it, it, look, the Astros have better days ahead, but right now that list is not, nope, not, not very good. All right, I've had a lot of people asking me, what's happened to the podcast? Why is it not uh, happening? And I'm like, well, we'll fix that. So next week? Yeah, I mean, Jason, I mean, in all fairness, man, I mean, you know, we, we're we pretty good in person, I think. We feed off each other in person when we do that. You know, the Zoom thing takes some getting used to. Um, you know, well, you've been and, out in Louisiana in the sun and yeah, been Louisiana and Texas and Boston and, and bouncing around, you know, I, I like you have your, uh, your, your sunglasses. Um, you see blind, it? So. so here's the ironic thing. This side of the head, there's not a whole now, lot. Now I see it. It's a little bit, but not bad. Now look at this side of the head. Oh. This side reason is a big raccoon. I don't know what that's about. I don't know how my head got so imbalanced, but it's not, uh, it's not totally on, on point. But, no, we'll be doing this much more often. And we need to get your scouting reports back because uh, I've, I, I no longer have a lot of them, so please look for those. And for sure. um, we'll be back talking baseball. So uh, for uh, Jeremy, I'm Jason Bristol. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for joining us here on the Extra Bases podcast, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>